service every Wednesday called a believers meeting. Uh, the first one of the month, though, is, is, is focused on healing. Uh, maybe you didn't know that. Then, oops, and good for you. And uh, maybe you did know that, and maybe that's why you're here, and uh, you're in the right place at the right time, and uh, God's doing amazing things, and we'll in the service tonight. Uh, uh, for you, though, on the way out of the service tonight, for anyone who's new at Life Church, we have a special gift for you we'd like to give to you in the lobby. It's uh, only $10, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's a gift. Can't pay for gifts. Can't earn your way to heaven. It's a gift. You can't pay for our presence out there. Uh, no, it's just a gift. We want to want you to go away with something and enjoy it. So grab one on the way out in the lobby tonight, and hopefully we'll see you on, a, on, on Sunday too. Uh, love to have you have you here. Uh, oh, and uh, and this we're kicking off our our summer life groups here uh, on Sunday, and uh, we'll have the expo. But these booklets are hot off the press, literally. I mean, ouch! Uh, and these are available tonight. So uh, you know those people that just come on Sundays, they don't even get this until a long time from now. But you guys are highly blessed. And you have early access to summer life groups. Grab one of those on the way out and, uh, and check them out. Good deal. You ready for some stuff? <laughs> this is our healing service, so I'm ready to go. I, I'm having a good time already without even doing anything. I could just stand here for a few minutes. and Other than the awkwardness, I would enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, if you do have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, go ahead and get them out. If you're, uh, if you're new with us or maybe you're new to church com- completely and say, I don't even know what the Bible is or how to get around it, uh, you are off the hook tonight because I am going to put these scriptures on the screen as well. And so you do not need to feel like you're missing out at all. Um, uh, but I want to share with you some things about healing, and then we're going to uh, do what the Lord told us to do. I say the Lord, the Lord Jesus in the Scriptures told us to lay hands on the sick. He said if we do that, they would recover. Isn't that amazing? That almost sounds, you know, too simple. <laughs> almost sounds too good to be true. You know, I don't need an injection. I don't need physical therapy. I don't need a surgery. Uh, well, if you do, it's going to be done by the Lord. It's done in, in a spiritual way. And, uh, and the good news is, is this is not new to us either. I mean, I don't have to be a, a, an expert in this per se. I'm just going to do what the Lord told us to do. And we've been doing that for a long time. And the results are simply amazing. And, uh, and so tonight we're going to do that. Uh, one of the ways that I learn about the Father's will, his plan, how things work, is I like to put on the top shelf the the life and ministry and words of Jesus himself. You know, in other words, we've got a Bible, but there's just a little part in there called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, and it's a unique, a unique part of the Bible, and that's where we read directly about the earthly ministry of Jesus, and we follow his example. And so, you know, the scripture tells us in, he, in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? So he has not changed. That's good news. 
Um, also, um, the writer of the book of Luke uh, also wrote the book of Acts. He said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, The former account I made, which is the book of Luke, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I want you to notice the language that Jesus began, but he didn't finish. He didn't quit. He didn't stop. So when Jesus uh, finished his earthly ministry, died on the cross, was raised from the dead, and then rose to be seated at the right hand of the Father, his ministry didn't, didn't discontinue. Uh, it was and is continuing on till this day and through this day through his body. See, he was on the earth. He was in a physical body like we have. Uh, and then now everyone who follows him, everyone who has put their faith and trust in him for salvation, they are called the body of Christ. In other words, who does the miracles? The body of Christ. Now, it's because of the head, Jesus, but it still comes through the body. And that would be you, that would be me, that would be how God works today. So the ministry of Jesus continues on. Not only has he not changed, um, but his ministry has not ceased. He still teaches, he still heals, he still works miracles, he does it through people. Amen. And so if you would, find the book of Luke with me. The book of Luke. And the sixth chapter, Luke chapter six, I want to share with you uh, some insights from an account of the man with the withered hand. All right. What we could do is we could spend um, really week after week after month after month and probably year after year just talking about the the healings and the different examples we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in Jesus' ministry. And, uh, and it was on my heart to teach from one of these accounts. And as I perused them, this is the one that stood out to me. All right? The man with the withered hand. Now, uh, just to spoil the punchline, at the end of this, he doesn't have a withered hand anymore. So I wasn't sure whether to title this the man with the withered hand or the man with the hand. So if you're taking notes, you can figure that out and write whatever you want. The man with the hand. Uh, this, this particular story, though, let me just say this, is covered by both Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And when they each cover the same story, it's kind of like, you know, looking at this pulpit, I could describe it from here. And I could describe it from here, and I could come over and describe it from here. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why uh, when different writers write about the same situation, the same event, they'll bring out different details because they're focusing and they're not contradictory, but they're just adding more information. Sometimes when you read them all together, you get further, further uh, knowledge. Okay. Now Luke chapter 6 and verse 6 reads, Now it happened on the Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. Now this is talking about Jesus. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. Verse 7. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. And we know he's got a reputation whether he would heal on the Sabbath 
that they might find an accusation against him. How many know you're in trouble if you're just living your life to find what's wrong with somebody else? If you're just looking for every situation, finding an opportunity to accuse someone of doing something wrong. You see that in politics today. Unfortunately, you still see this in in religious circles today as well. People are just looking for what's wrong, not for what's right. It's all, it it kind of works like this. Jesus said at another place, seek and you will find. Uh, and so I can tell you, if you came here tonight looking for what's wrong, you're probably going to find it. <laughs> right? And you'll miss, a, you'll miss 99 good things and find the one wrong thing and say, yep, I knew it. <laughs> This is what I thought they were all about. Quit. Quit. Have a better heart. Don't be like these religious lunatics. These these Pharisees. They're looking just for accusation. And, uh, you know, Satan is called in the book of Revelation the accuser of the brethren. The accuser. He's just looking to point his finger and say, you're wrong, and this is what the problem is, and I don't like this, and accuse us day and night. He is the accuser. I don't think we should ever be looking for people's mistakes. You know, look for the intention. Sometimes people do it wrong, but they're, they intended to do it right. You know, they, they desire a good outcome, and we look at the method and go, I don't like the way they did it. I know, but give them a break. Some people don't like the way you do it. Don't you want a break? Don't you want people to see your heart? I want people to see my heart because I know my actions won't be perfect and they won't be applauded by everyone. But I know my heart. You know your heart. I think we should give each other the benefit of the doubt. Amen. And you know the old saying, you know, how people judge themselves by their intentions and and judge other people by their actions. Let's flip that around. And they certainly weren't doing that with Jesus. Here he is, Mr. Love and Mr. Compassion and and Mr. Want to Help the Sick. And they're saying, oh, got him. He's trying to heal on the Sabbath day. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And so, again, uh, they're looking for how they might accuse him. Why were they watching him so closely? Why were they paying attention to Jesus? They see the guy with the withered hand. And then they see Jesus. How many know they can do the math? Jesus, like I mentioned, Jesus already had this reputation. You got Jesus plus a sick person in the room. It's about to get good. (laughs) That's his reputation. Not Jesus plus sick person equals sick person stay the same. Equals Jesus plus sick person equals healing in the house. Miracles are about to take place. Amen, amen. How many know Jesus also told us, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means I'm here and he's here. I don't know if you brought him along to church tonight, but I certainly did. And I have a few feeling a few more people. Uh, you, he abides with you and you abide in him and wherever you go, he is. I think we're, we're, we've got a good setup here tonight. What? Sickness and Jesus equals healing in the house. Hallelujah. And so uh, if, we re, if we go ahead and read a little bit further, uh, verse 8. It reads, but he knew their thoughts and said to the men, the man who had the withered hand, arise and stand here. So uh, maybe, that was a, maybe that was a step of faith. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good 
or to do evil, to save life or to destroy. By the way, do you see what Jesus is saying here? He is calling healing a good thing. I know that's logical to most of us. Of course, healing's good. I know, but religion sneaks into our brains sometimes and people start calling good bad and bad good and they're not sure if healing is always a good thing. And No, Jesus said it is. He called it a good thing. So in the absence, I mean, uh, the absence of healing, at worst, I guess I'd call that bad or evil, but even at minimum, I would say it's an absence of good. This, this situation wasn't good yet. The man standing up in front of everyone with the withered hand, that wasn't good. But healing would be a good thing. Amen. Now, now it's interesting. This particular passage, I, I mentioned it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, let, let me reference for you um, a couple verses out of Matthew's account of, uh, of this story. Matthew adds some, else, some other parts that Jesus said in Matthew 12 and verse 11. Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So he's dealing with these religious people who didn't think that healing could take place on that particular day because of Old Testament, Old Covenant law. Uh, uh, but, but notice Jesus compared healing a man to helping an animal in distress. I think this is a real good picture of, of how God views us by just looking at how we treat animals. I mean, consider the fact that if you saw an animal in trouble, you saw, you know, a pet or, or even someone's sheep or, you know, or a horse or something like that, that was in trouble, um, would you have to stop and pray and see, you know, if God really wanted to, to set that animal free? Maybe it was tangled up in some, some wire or maybe it was injured in some way. Would you have to see if it was God's will to help that animal? Or would you just kind of take the leap <laughs> and make the assumption, animal hurting me, ability to help it, and go ahead and help? And this is the comparison Jesus is making, watch, to a human being being set free from a withered hand from a sickness, a disease, an infirmity, or a birth defect, or whatever the situation was in this man. I think we ought to have enough sense to give an animal water if it's thirsty. And we ought to have enough sense to heal people if they're sick. There's no question about if. There's no question about the the, the, the will of God or the plan of God. It's just use your brain. God made us this way, and if we would help an animal, how much more would he help a sick person? Hallelujah. I mean, think about it. If you, you know, maybe your neighbor has a, has a dog, and your neighbor was on vacation, and, uh, and, you know, they had an outside dog they kept in the backyard, and, and you knew they were gone, and, and you heard the dog barking and stuff, and figured, you know, they must have 
had some have someone coming by to take care of it and get it its food and water and so forth and one day you didn't hear it barking anymore and you thought wonder what's up with Fido and you you peeked over the fence and you saw Fido there just kind of laying on the ground just breathing but looked it didn't look right and you could see his 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 water dish over there was dry and it was a hot summer day I mean what would what would you do I think I think we would be, do anything we could. We'd jump over the fence or go knock on the door first and jump, you know, and we'd say, I've got to get Fido some water. <laughs> he is in trouble. He needs water. I, or, or would you stop and just say, you know, I don't know. Maybe God's working something out in Fido's life. <laughs> maybe the Lord's just teaching him a lesson. <laughs> maybe he's been proud lately. And and the Lord needs to teach him a little humility and you think? How many know if we think that way? It's like, what are you you crazy? Yeah, people do that to human beings all day long. Well, maybe God's just teaching them a lesson. Quit it. People are hurting. You wouldn't treat your animal that way. And you yet you think God would treat you that way. He won't. Well, I've been a bad person. The dog has peed on some things he shouldn't have. (laughs) Right? The dog bit the furniture. The dog, what else did he do? I don't know. I imagine we have some stories of some things that the dog did. Doesn't deserve the water. (laughs) If he's getting what he deserves. And as far as being a perfect pet... No, we're not. God doesn't deal with us based on uh, whether we perfectly deserve everything. He deals with us based on his love and mercy and grace. And so just like that, boom, we all qualify for God's best. Amen. And so, you know, I think it's a ridiculous to question the will of God for a sick person. Here we see Jesus calling calling healing good. Uh, you know, even modern day animal activists, you know, they want to elevate animals as being equal with people. Um, By the way, even if they were, I would still have to conclude, I would still help the the dog, you know, the horse, uh, so God will help me, even if we were on an equal plane. But Jesus made the statement in here, how much more? How did he say say that? Uh, He said, how much of, of how much more value it is a man than a sheep. So in God's priority and value system, you know where you stand compared to Fido? <laughs> Much higher. Should we abuse animals? No. Your value to God is much, much higher than any animal. We are not equal. So why should you be healed? Just simply because of how much value you have with God. You are a treasure to Him. You are worth every effort. If he has to, quote, go out of his way, if that's possible with God, to get to you, he totally would. If he has to jump the fence and knock on the door and ring the doorbell a few times and that would, to get you your water, to get you your, in other words, to get you your healing, that's the way our Father is towards us. Now, now let me jump over to a verse in Mark's account of this. This is not covered in Luke But in Mark 3 and verse 5, it reads, And when he had looked around at them with 
anger being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. So he gave the example of the animals. And then he looked at everyone. Now this is Jesus, by the way. What do we know Jesus as? Jesus is Mr. Love and Compassion. But you look at him. He's got the guy standing up. He's preaching to the religious people and saying, What about your sheep? Basically, you hypocrites. You would rescue your sheep on this day. He's got the guy standing there. And he looked around and he wasn't smiling. Think about that. Why is he angry? He's angry because of their hard hearts, because of their religious hearts, because they are elevating their religious doctrine and their their theology above the needs of this guy. They have a real live human being in front of them hurting and suffering, and yet they don't care. They don't give a rip about the guy. All they care about is he's doing this wrong. He's not, he's violating the Sabbath, which he wasn't, but according to their doctrine, he was. And so some people teach wrong things out of ignorance, no doubt. And I think, I think they should see the foolishness of saying that God doesn't want everybody healed. That's just so, that's just ridiculous. I mean, not in a good way. I'm not trying to put anyone down. It's just, that's crazy. You don't know him. You don't know how much he has given. He has given us his only son. We, we could teach on that for days. Uh, but there are other people that uh, it's because of the hardness of their hearts. They don't want to see people healed or prospered because it goes against their teachings. Well, I was taught this way. I was brought up in this line of thinking and this church and this religious system. And, and I just believe that. You know, and they'll pull out Job's boils and Paul's thorn and, you know, you know what I'm talking about? They think Jesus let Lazarus die and, and all kinds of other stuff. Got these select few stories that, that are really twisted and misunderstood. And they take those stories and override the rest of the scripture and the very character and nature of God himself. But they're going to fight for that. And damned to be the guy who's got the withered hand. We don't care about him. We just want to be right and call Jesus wrong. Nowadays they won't call they won't call Jesus wrong. They think they're on Jesus' side. But they want to call someone else wrong. I tell you they're they're it's just, they're just missing it. But again, I want just I want you to catch the heart of God. I've I've had this multiple times over the years when I've been teaching in a service like this, where I don't know if it fit in context, but on the inside of me, it has risen up. And it seemed like, this is, you can judge this for yourself, it seemed like I was perceiving the feelings of the Father towards, um, towards disease, towards sickness that, is eaten, that are eaten up the people that he, li- that he loves, and even towards the religious hard-hearted mentality that would push back against what God wanted to do. It seemed like I can feel it. And I tell you, he wasn't happy. And he's still not. He's not happy about that stuff. Just like Jesus is in here, when, when that kind of attitude rises up, it's like it's bucking against the will of God. And I want you to know, uh, if you are done being sick, you're on the same page with your Father who loves you. 
If you say, you know what, I'm, I'm finished with this. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm going to fight against this. I hate this. He hates it. And I purpose, and I choose tonight to believe. I choose to receive, to accept what God has offered me. And I tell you, His power will work in you mightily tonight. Amen, amen. And so continuing on then in verse 10, uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 10. And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Do what? My hand is withered. My hand don't stretch out. That's how miracles work. You do what you can't do. He said, stretch out your hand. And he did so. What do you mean? Withered hands don't stretch out. But he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. But look, but they, Pharisees, were filled with rage and discussed with one, discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. They are filled with rage because the guy got healed. Can you not look in the mirror and say something's wrong here? They just saw an amazing miracle from God and you're ticked off at the preacher. Now, you say, yeah, people don't act like that anymore. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I can tell you firsthand stories of letters I've gotten. People say, how could you say this? How could you do this? And in a service where people were healed. And it was their, their religion took over. And I think, have you no compassion? You saw there were people there that were in pain and it left them. And I think the hardness of hearts sometimes just blocks them from even seeing that. I just don't want to be that way. What do you say? Man, I want, to, I want to love people and care about them more than I do being right. More than I do people approving of, you know, all of my beliefs and everything else. I want people to be helped. And so uh, these guys would have rather had this man's needs go unmet than have their theology upended. I want to, I want to finish with this, though. Look back at the act of faith. When Jesus said to stretch out his hand... When it wasn't really possible, this act of faith activated the miracle. This act of faith in stretching out the hand was the action required to activate this miracle. How many know if we are going to receive miracles, we must act? Uh, sometimes the action can be as simple as a prayer of faith and the confession of our, of our lips, our praise to God. Our, an action can be the laying on of hands. But, but other times, there'll be a word given. Sometimes the word can come through a person like it did Jesus here. And sometimes the word can be just within an individual. Meaning, it's, I just need to run on this. <laughs> I just need to jump on this, uh, on this ankle. I need to stretch out this hand. I need to... Uh, whatever it might be, I, I need to go, uh, I need to take these glasses off and start to read this Bible that I couldn't read before. You know, uh, sometimes you'll get, you'll even get a prompting from the Lord and your head will go, you can't do that. <laughs> You're, you can't do that. Your hand is withered. 
Think about this guy if he would have responded to the Lord and said, I can't. I can't stretch out my hand. If you'll heal me first, then I'll stretch it out. And he looked at his hand and waited for it to heal. I don't know what it looked like, so. (laughs) This is my best withered hand right here. But maybe he was looking and said, my hand doesn't stretch out, Jesus. Heal it and then I'll stretch it out. Isn't that what a lot of times what we want? Heal it and then I'll, no, stretch it out and it'll be healed. And in his in his response to the word of the Lord, in his action of faith, that's when he intersected the power of God and kaboom, he was set free. Amen. It's a good idea that we act on what we believe. Praise God. Everybody ready tonight? Listen, if you need healing in your body, um, uh, if you can, before you come down, if there's someone around around you, uh, uh, I'll have you stand in a minute, but uh, if there's someone around you, uh, why don't you tell them before you come down, I'm going up there and I'm getting healed tonight. Tell them. So I don't want to know if I should commit to that. Then you should stay seated. <laughs> Serious. And you can just watch and let your faith grow and listen to this and come back to the next one and, and build your... But if you've got some conviction in your heart where you can learn, lean over to someone and say, I'm going down there, I'm getting healed tonight. Then you, could, then you guys, uh, you come on. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to pray and, uh, and minister healing to you. And, uh, and God's going to do amazing things. In-